As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, before we get started on today's show, I want to tell you this is part one of a multi-part, a multiverse part of Nets free agent target previews. Uh, Part one is going to deal with sort of like the larger question with Spencer Dinwiddie and his sign and trade deal and then some free agent targets. Part two, which will come out on Monday, uh, we'll deal much more with specific free agent targets that the Nets can have. Um, And then we'll just go to keep the ball rolling. A lot of these, a lot of the topics that we hit were from our emails that we got, netspot at gmail.com, if you want to join the conversation. Um, so coming up right now is part one of a multi-part Brooklyn Nets free agency preview discussion. Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, hello. Brian. Flat. Fl- Jeez. Look at how flat. Whoa. <laughs> Off-season bride. Caught, caught a crab. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. Um, check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself behind the paywall. It's a great time to do so. Fantasy football season is upon us. TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys. The Athletic has some of the best fantasy football writers in the world, Brian. Um, Michael. The Nets are back. We're back. We're back. And you know who else is back is the Garcia brothers and their truck, which you'll be hearing for the first <laughs> bit of this as they t- tow away a dumpster, Mike, is what we got going on here. It's the third dumpster of the week. Really clearing out. Big Reno next door. People just don't want us to do this pod, this earth-shattering, earth-shaking pod right. that we're about to do. That's right. For the world. trying to keep us down, Mike. Talk to me. What's going on? What's the newest um, latest? We've got a lot to discuss. So obviously, congratulations to the Phoenix Suns for making it to the NBA Finals. Have you? Can I just ask? Have you been watching a, a little? I I will confess to having like I I wasn't ready for the butt hurt to to persist this long. But watching the Bucks, yeah, has been really lame. And then also when Kawhi has has had his issues, I'm just like, this is just a weird. Now it's gotten weird. 
right? And I'm just like, I'm not. It's. I'm happy for the Phoenix Suns. You know, that's a cool team. And I guess if whatever, if Atlanta, if it's an Atlanta <laughs> Hawks Phoenix Suns finals, that'll be so weird and fun that I'll you know I'll be fine with that. But this like the 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 conference finals has been just like meh. I don't know. I'm not into it. Yeah, I I I haven't. I honestly have watched like a game, like com- like compiling all the minutes that I've watched of all, both series. It's yeah. been a game. And I'm not like proud to admit it, but. No. Once the Nets got knocked out, it just kind of. It's hard it. to it's hard to admit that that like I'm pretty not objective ultimately. Like I really <laughs> just want to watch my team. That's a big thing. And also, I think it it is that as you kind of alluded to, it's not like an exciting. No matter what, it's not like we're seeing LeBron charge forward for what would be his fifth championship, or you know, list any like Steph Curry going on a streak of his like. What we're seeing is a Kawhi-less Clippers get knocked out by you know, a Suns team, which I'm happy for Chris Paul. Like I, I think, like of our of that generation of player, Chris Paul is the greatest without mm-hmm. sort of the the postseason success. Right, he's yeah, the true. best of that era. So now he's going to go to the finals, and it'll be interesting to see who plays. But what we are talking about today, Brian, okay, is your Brooklyn Nets because there's a lot of decisions that need to be made, Lots. and we put it out to glue nation and we ask glue nation what do you want us to talk about in this first episode of our off-season preview in a way yeah free agent targets people want the buzz who's coming on this team who's hopping in who's getting the invite to the championship train for next season um and we got a lot of email at netspod at gmail.com that's how you get in on the conversation and brian mm-hmm. uh you you capped in this email train where should we go first? What are we talking about? <laughs> well, per per our pre-production um, <laughs> consortium. I was trying to lead into it as if like you were just gonna suddenly pull out these emails magically. I know. I know. I like can to I always totally let people break, let, break the wall. Wh- whether yeah. it's the Garcia brothers or a conversation about the emails, I like to break the wall. Um first up is I'm also sensitive to this is a question I'll put to you and maybe just glue nation you can chime in when I'm reading emails do we want last names is that a am I doxing you know oh I understand I've, what you're I've saying. always done it just implicitly in the past nobody said anything can I but, be honest the, yeah. the list of emailers that we have all have fantastic last names that's what that's part so, of it too because yeah are you starting off with mark MPL MPL <laughs> MPL's got a fantastic <laughs> We, we've got an Anth- we got a Tony in here, uh, Matthew Abramovitz. I just doxed him, but yeah, uh, he's we've a doxed him old friend a of the show. Times, yeah, <laughs> uh, I uh, say we go last names. If people don't right. want us to put your last names out there, this could be uh, the last time we do. Just last send names. us your social security <laughs> number, and we will yeah, say that. Yeah. Um, so MPL, aka Mark Pierre Louis, is <laughs> in in the fr- Pierre Louis in in an American parlance. It says hi guys. Uh, Ness should definitely pick up a PJ Tucker or sign and trade Spence for Jonathan Isaac and Joe Harris for Miles Turner. So this is how we're launching into the big Spencer Dinwiddie conversation, like with sign and trade talk. This is one of a few yes. uh, versions of this that we'll see in our emails. Um, people want to sign and trade Spencer and let's talk about it. I would love it if the way MPL put it out there, mm-hmm. if... That's how Joe Sy just texted Sean Marks and was like, "Yeah, hey Sean, uh, 
Nets should get PJ Tucker, and we should sign and trade Spence for Jonathan Isaac, and we should trade Joe Harris for Miles Turner. Yeah. K bye. Yeah, and yeah. like it was just left at that, and Sean Marks is left to grapple with yeah. what am I gonna do here in this situation? Like, um, and and also re- get Jalen Hans on the phone because uh, yeah, <laughs> where is Jalen Hans yeah. at this point? Yeah. The, I, don't you do not. So I've also we're not going to do our our draft preview yet. It's too early. But I've definitely Googled prospects names and Joe Sai to see if there's any connection mm-hmm. uh, to any of these prospects. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, there is UCLA has another really good guard. I think it's Johnny Juzang. Uh, for, I don't know how to pronounce the last name exactly, but I love him. He's a mid-range dog, mm-hmm. uh, and he's like kind of like a big. He's like a Kyle Anderson type, um, and I, go, I I imagine he knows Josai. So mm-hmm. because he went to UCLA and Josai has a connection there. So there it is. Anyways, heard it here um, first. Can I do before we do Spence? Quick thing on PJ Tucker. Question sure. to you. Yeah. Is what happened in the Bucks Net series with the way PJ Tucker was acting? Does that Make it more likely or less likely that he would join the Brooklyn Nets. <clears throat> acting meaning like like towards like the players of the Nets, or how do you mean? What do you mean acting? Like shit talking KD oh. the entire time, uh, like mauling him constantly. <laughs> Scro- I think, like yeah. BJ Tucker grew out his fingernails for that series and was right. just scratching KD's arms like a like one of your cats. Yeah, reopening his, his shoulder uh <laughs> his shoulder scrape over and over again. Um that. So yeah, I think that's part of PJ's brand. I feel like everybody just knows that like sure. when you're on my team, you you do that towards the Jason Tatums just as easily or whomever um on our behalf. And so yeah, I would say just broadly speaking I don't love PJ Tucker's game. And I think like he had a good series against us. I think uh, he's had like a decent year or whatever. But um, if we're going to go like, I mean, if we're going to go raw dog special, junkyard dog special. Sorry, I don't know why raw dog. <laughs> not, raw, not raw dog. Like, you know what I mean? Tough guy. The tough guy act. Um, I I don't know that yeah, PJ. Walk your way out of that one. Yeah. I don't, know that, I don't know that PJ Tucker. Because here's my thinking is that PJ Tucker as like. I like like basically covering combo guards and up to the stretch fours and like in a pinch fives. I, I think that we can do a lot more with younger, more speedier defensive specialists. We've got already, if we're going to talk about like, you know, Jeff Green and Blake Griffin down the line here, which, you know, these are guys who I think that we sh- should be looking at re-signing. I know like there's a whole lot to unpack there, but in a depth chart where, you know, we're, we're running lots of those two. How does PJ Tucker fit in? Um, you know, I don't know. So, in in thinking about all this for this offseason, I like to think. You know, I started from a high level, ten thousand miles. You know, what did what did we see that we actually want and need on this team? Um, you know, just just from like a like what what were we looking for? And for this, I go like obviously like defensive minded centers. Maybe having that has like a utility would be cool. Um, yeah, it would be nice. <laughs> and, and real perimeter. Like a real center. A real center. Not just center. like Blake yeah. Griffin, which who I love dearly. But I, I think Nick Claxton has the potential. He's, I, you know, he's not, it's different. It's just not, it's not a Robin Lopez who we'll get to. But it's it's Ooh. a different, yeah, we'll get to him. Um, but, and then also Jeez. perimeter defenders as well in a pinch. Um, I don't know that, like, I feel like P.J. Tucker hits in the hermaphroditic zone of not quite... <laughs> 
you know, not quite hitting the centers, not quite hitting the the water bug guards who would ostensibly give us trouble, although we didn't even get to play Trey Young, which whatever. But um, so, yeah, anyways, that's my my brief take on P.J. Tucker. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. One, I don't think P.J. Tucker's on this team for like kind of the way that he, that he did. Act. Really? You think the acting and, is the problem? Yeah. I think you got I think he was getting personal with Kevin Durant and. When that tends to happen, I don't think Katie like loves that. Like he does love to bark back, but I don't think he loves the person. I think I thought they were like buddies. I mean, it's not I thought they, they were. Like, that's K- what I was. Katie, shocked I'm sure. By the way, PJ Tucker was doing was acting. I, I, I my sense of KD and I, you know, again, I don't know KD. I want to make sure friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. I don't want to Jackie McMullen myself here. Um, Jeez. What? That's, no, that I know. I, I forgot about that, <laughs> yeah. that controversy. Yeah. That so I'm not going to pretend already. to know him, but he seems like the kind of guy where he could snip you out of his life real easy. That's That yes. seems to be the case. So, and I think that's a healthy thing for Kevin. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a healthy thing for everybody. You know, if you've got a toxic friendship, you know, don't be afraid. It's the, th- it's the breakup nobody wants to talk about, Mike. Can, up I, with a friend. can I be honest for a sec? Like, and we're totally derailing. We're going to get back on the Spencer sign yeah. and trade thing, and I apologize for derailing. There's so many... Um, you know, basketball opinion people, analysts, writers, and like I understand it. Like this is like part of the biz, but so many of them talk about how Kevin Durant will never be able to find happiness. Yeah. So many, and and I'm like, like there's part of analysis. Like you and I love sort of the mental gymnastics that we we like to untangle people's mental state. Yeah, all the time. We did it with Darren Williams, and that was a very easy read. You know, that was that was a clear that was judging a book by its cover. We didn't mm. you didn't have to dive deep into that one, that pool. You yeah. understood what Darren Williams was thinking by how grumpy he was all the time. Um but I I do kind of think like we should maybe not just say Kevin Durant will never be happy. Like I think like that feels like a little too it's too personal, too declarative. Yeah. Um I, maybe I've even said it in the past and you know, dig up the tapes. I'm sure you could find, but it's like, I don't know me. I'm sure he's probably pretty happy. It's just that he hasn't had a perfect basketball situation for him. I listened, I listened to that episode of the boardroom with him and Rich Kleiman and like they spoke and I believe them. They're like, Hey, this is like the happiest Steve ever been. seems like you're sleeping good these days. Uh, you know, this, with this whole Brooklyn Nets situation. It's like, yeah, the, the, the fans are like ultimately like in the grand scheme of things, it's the best of both worlds. It's a, it's a big market with like, you know, kind of chill fans, mostly, mostly pretty like <laughs> laid back bros, um, which is helpful if you're the kind of guy who can feed off the negative energy of, you know, the expectations that come from fans. Um, again, I don't know that that's the case, but I, you know, I, he's been talking about just like, he's like this summer, I just want to go to a bunch of baseball games. Awesome. That feels like an amazing, yeah. <laughs> amazing decision. And he's gone on a little, he's been on, yeah. he's gone to a Liberty game, he's gone to a Yankee game, a Mets game. And he's yeah. like, he's like kind of becoming a man about town. Kevin Durant. Town. He's like, I want to have know? a chill, a chill summer. I want to crush some white claws and watch <laughs> and watch some high level baseball. That's it. Um, what do you think is Kevin Durant's uh, canned beverage of choice? Do you think it is White Claw or do you think he's like a Miller Lite guy or is he uh can can um, beverage like just pure cuz like I was going to go noon. more more of like the soda pop range for uh, Kevin. He just seems like a yeah. like a guy who loves sweets. That's that's how I A lot of a lot of NBA players that's their vice is like gummies and stuff. A lot of podcasters. It's is also, that you? Wow. <laughs> also, that's yeah, me. gummies are great. If I'm going candy, CBD gummies I, from I, Eaglemoonhemp.com. Oh, wow. We're so good at that these days. You really <laughs> um, 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's do Spencer sign trade. Uh, apologies to everyone who are waiting with bated ears uh, for that one. Hmm. So uh, Mar- MPL, Mark Pierre-Louis, uh, Louis, brought up Louis. Spencer for Jonathan Isaac. Just quickly, I'll say, I don't think there's any way that the Magic trade Jonathan Isaac. Like they, I think they consider him the best player on their team. Um, and while I have looked at the magic as a potential Spencer sign trade team, if you do look at the roster, they have Markel Fultz, who they like to some degree. They have Cole Anthony, who I think they do like, and, and like they should want Spencer Dinwiddie, but I also think they know that they're going to suck next year and they might as well just be bad again and get another high draft pick and keep that thing rolling. So I don't think Jonathan Isaac for for Spencer didn't what isn't going to happen. Um, well, you actually well, we need, you, I, you, raise, you raise an interesting point there because like I in sorry, and I, I hate to interrupt you. I didn't no, no. I really didn't mean to. Is that like Spencer well, Dinwiddie sign and trades are interesting because there's like, you know, when you're doing this, there's the, the financial element. And if you're jettisoning significant amounts of caps, you're, you're trading around big amounts of cap space. There's like a whole bunch of different motivating factors for doing that. And what's interesting about Spencer Dinwiddie is that he can be a good player on a bad team. Like he doesn't actually maybe move the needle towards like, cause you know, sometimes you're like, yeah, well I don't want to like get this guy back. Cause it like makes our team too good. And we're trying to like low key, you know, not be necessarily so good and save some money. Right. Um, and I actually think that Spencer could, could very, could function very well as the best player on a bad team. Well, and I've actually thought about him in that way too, where it's like, if you're one of these teams drafting, you're the top of the draft, Detroit, Cleveland, um, you know, whoever's been, uh, I mean, Toronto doesn't really count, but like, there's all this perception of like, you get a young guard, let him run your team and you go, right. You let that guy make mistakes. If I'm building a team, I'd rather have a guy like Spencer Dinwiddie next to him because one Spencer can relieve some pressure. Spencer could play off the ball. Like that's what I think is going to be really attractive about the Spencer Dinwiddie market is that he fits on like any team. Mm-hmm. He fits on the bad teams where he can be sort of the first, second option, lead the team offensively, or kind of help a young guy go. Or he could be like kind of a missing piece for a lot of contenders, which is a little scary when mm. we talk about sign and trade. Mm. Because I have a list of teams that I think makes sense for a sign and trade. Okay. And we're going to talk about all the implications of that. But a lot of them are direct competitors for the Brooklyn Nets. Just quickly. Lakers Clippers, because the two L.A. teams, Christian Winfield from Daily News reported that Spencer either wants the bag mm. or he wants to go back home to L.A. So Lakers Clippers and they they could both you both teams could use him. Dallas Dallas has been linked to Spencer Dinwiddie all last offseason at various times. 
Philadelphia. Philly could absolutely use him. Yes, Brian. Can I put one data point in there? I think he prioritizes the bag like maybe a f- like 5x more than being in LA. <laughs> yeah, being <laughs> yeah. home in LA. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the silliest thing. It's <laughs> yeah. like and we'll talk I kind of we'll talk about the financials of it, but <laughs> I mean, how much do you really love Los Angeles versus getting an extra 5 million dollars to go play for the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah. I'm not saying that's who it would be, but or the New York Knicks, which frankly could probably could, use Spencer really, Dinwiddie yeah. too. Yeah. Um, let's let's have this uh, the conversation. I do want to start with though, with Dinwiddie before mm-hmm. we kind of get into the nitty gritty. Why would the Nets do a sign and trade? Right. So the you if you're a team d- making the sign and trade deal, mm-hmm. it's because you don't want to lose a player for nothing, right? But a lot of the teams that Dinwiddie is probably are are going to be interested in Spencer Dinwiddie are teams that don't have cap space, like the Clippers, like the Lakers. Dallas does have cap space, so that's what makes them interesting. Uh, Philadelphia has doesn't have cap space to speak of. The Celtics could, but I don't really think he's going to go to Boston. Um, you So any deal you make in a sign-and-trade with a team that does not have cap space, they're sending salary back. So a lot of people have talked about Lakers and Kuzma. Kuzma's making $13 million a year. Um, Clippers, they'd have to send like Marcus Morris back, who actually like I could I could get behind. But the problem is if you're the Nets and you're bringing back salary in a sign and trade, it just continues to put you in a shitty financial situation. I would rather, and I would ask you, I would almost rather have, I'd rather just have Spencer Dinwiddie than have like Marcus Morris or Kyle Kuzma or some other like other mid-tier sort of like low-end starter, high-end bench guy. If I'm going to pay the Dinwiddie money, if I'm going to pay the money that it takes to bring back that salary, I'd rather just have Spencer Dinwiddie. So like I, that, yeah. that's also why I don't know if a sign-and-trade's going to happen. So and that's where the binary for me kicks in is like do you let him walk or, you know, let that. And so it seems, I mean – yeah, anyways, but, but Sean Marks did specifically say, like, we want to help him get places. So, like, the sign-and-trade conversation is at least, like, there's been a, it's a, tip, real. a tip of the fedora to to it. <laughs> um, but but I don't know if that's just a token tip or, or a real tip of the fedora. Like, um, I think it's, yeah. like, leave options open. I mean, the I would like to see Spencer Dinwiddie um, remain a Brooklynette. I don't think it's possible because his salary plus luxury tax is going to be so expensive. Yeah. So the only other options are like just let him walk or do sign and trade. Well, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, if they do resign him, which I I agree with you is that's the less likely situation. Um, I still think it's possible. I'm going to say that because it will depend. I haven't seen what Josiah's like financial like like has 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 he ever really that income has that <laughs> yeah, yeah right. Um, and because, but I will say that, like, I think Spencer Dinwiddie, like, we could have definitely used a, you know, an initiator combo guard to pop in and, and man it. Like, we were running a whole lot of Mike, more Mike James than I wanted to see towards the end of that season um, and into the playoffs. Inserted a Spencer Dinwiddie in there. And I feel like that, um, that is help. That is a, a, a need and a place where we were like, oh, this is like, we actually don't have depth here at this, at this one spot, which Spencer is like uniquely kind of built for. So. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and so here's the the real secret weapon X for the Nets. And basically no team except kind of the Warriors have ever done this. Um, And it could be done 
but it would be the most expensive team in basketball history if mm-hmm. they did this. The secret weapon is using Dinwiddie's bird rights and signing him up to whatever, the four-year, $80 million contract, whatever the $20 million per year deal is. I think that's what he's going to get because of, because I think he's one of the better guards out there, even with the injury. Yeah, the injury is the only yeah unknown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Resigning Bruce Brown for whatever it takes because he's a restricted free agent, whatever it takes. So his salary, let's say his salary is $8 million a year, just roughly. And then having those two guys on a roster that already has three max guys on it and Joe Harris, the dollar figure he's at, and DeAndre Jordan, at the dollar figure at, they would have so much in salary mm-hmm. that they could make any trade and not have to move any of the big three. They could get, if you re-sign Spencer Dinwiddie and Bruce Brown, you could get Damian Lillard down the line. Mm-hmm. Easy. I mean, because if, let's say it's $20 million plus the $8 million, Plus DeAndre Jordan's ten million, you have you have Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. um, and you could you could for the first time in the history of the NBA have four max salary slot guys because you'd be willing to if you're willing to pay that luxury tax you could do it. Some teams can't ever do that because of how their contracts have worked out. The Nets because of the the situation they were in when they got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and then having these young guys who are going to deserve more money, as they do, they have the potential to, like, if, if Josai wanted to spend the money, they have the potential to b- basically make themselves the first four max salary team yeah. in the history of the NBA, and uh, everyone would hate them. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying they're, they're not going to – I don't think they're going to get Damian Lillard, obviously, but they could – like, there's a, a clear path. It's, some, that's it's real, wide open for them to do it. It's 5D backgammon you're playing there, Mike. Um, and <laughs> I think I think you got to know a lot about Portland's thinking or any other um, sort of toxifying superstar situation before committing yourself to a situation like that potentially. Um, but – because otherwise, because if you actually don't do that, then you're committed like long term, and then those start to get ugly year after year. Um, maybe potentially, maybe not. Maybe Bruce Brown has multiple levels to ascend to. Um, yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, you could you could cheer yourself in the foot pretty good that way. But unless you know, unless you know something about what they're thinking in Portland about um, what they're willing to trade Damian Lillard for, you know, little little on the sly move, Mike, you could pull it off, but probably not. Well, let, let's let's do some quick little possible sign trade deals like living in the sense so with the lakers you can get kyle kuzma potentially kuzma's always out there to be had do you would you like yourself some kyle kuzma no would that not, interest you in not really not especially <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think he's so hyped up yeah. i think i think he's like a nice role player and this is going to be pretty blasphemous to say but i think alizé johnson is like 80 percent of kyle kuzma what um, Alize Johnson and and I'd rather just nurture Alize. Whoa! Then then pay the Kyle Kuzma tax. That's I did not think of Kyle Kuzma as a player with adjacent skill sets to Alize. I got to think about that. I think like, they're pretty adjacent. I mean, I just think Kuzma is a way like at, traditionally he's a better shooter. He's better. Score. He's better in everything. I just feel but, like he's a different body. <laughs> I love type, Alize like, Johnson <laughs> altogether. Like Alize Johnson feels like an undersized, like scrappy center. And Kuzma feels like an oversized like combo guard. So they are the same size. <laughs> I mean, they're, the, I mean, height they're literally the same size. The, yeah. The, yes, you're right. By that metric, yeah, you're right. Um, I don't have a Clippers one besides like I guess like Marcus Morris. I think that's the Morris twin that is on the Clippers. I love that, but I I don't think it would happen. 
Here's one from the from I think this was Bobby Marks from ESPN had this for the Chicago Bulls. Okay. This is a three-way sign and trade deal, which is actually something that feels like could happen. The Bulls get Spencer Dinwiddie in a sign and trade. They give up Thaddeus Young to the Brooklyn Nets in a 2026 second round pick, which would come via Oklahoma City. And the Thunder would get DeAndre Jordan and the Nets' first round pick this year. So the Thunder would have three first round picks this year to add to their stash of first round picks going forward. And they, 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 Basically, we the Nets dump DeAndre Jordan on the Thunder by trading a first-round pick, and the Nets get Thaddeus Young uh, and a second-round pick in 2026. Is this, is this an email or is this you? You're, make, you're making this up? No, this I saw this in like when I Googled Spencer oh, Dinwiddie oh. signing trades. This is the thing that popped up. It's from Bobby Marks okay. for, of you know of ESPN former Nets uh, executive. I was looking for the email. Uh, Thaddeus Young. Getting rid of DeAndre Jordan and getting Thaddeus Young, I I kind of love that. Um, that that gets me excited, and Mr. Young could certainly fill a role on this team. He's not a small ball five, but he's like a crafty four, and he, obviously we have a relationship with him. I love the, the time that he spent in Brooklyn, um, and what I like about it is that he goes did what he goes to the Bulls, and I'm not scared of the Chicago Bulls. Whereas if Spencer goes to like the Clippers, Lakers, Philly, I don't like that. That scares me. Um, would you be excited for a Thaddeus Young reunion, Brian? By your face, you're saying not really. I, I'm thinking about it. I'm just, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking about it from like all from just, a, just an X's and O's need perspective. And do we need... Like, because to your point, like, and Alizé Johnson and Nick Claxton, like, I, I feel like those are guys with whom a Thaddeus Young's bucket. Not to say that they're on, you know, Thaddeus Young's a, a wily vet. He's been doing this a while. I liked him when he was, you know, playing the Nets. I think he, I, I watched him last year and saw like, oh, he's still, he's still doing his, doing the damn thing. Um, but he, I don't know. I feel like on some level, like, loading up on yet more you know, scrappy fours, uh, is like, <laughs> like, that's what we have. We've got our scrappy. Resign four. Jeff Green, <laughs> yeah, resign yeah. Blake Griffin. And then they're still blocking like Nick Claxton, Alizé who's Johnson. like closer to, I guess closer to a five, but still in the scrappy four spectrum. Um, and Alizé Johnson sure. and the Reggie Perry, all of these guys have a very similar mold and body type. I would like it if we could have more, as you say, pitches in our quiver um, to throw out there. If we're designing, I definitely our, don't say pitches. Pitches, in, my pitches in the quiver, as you, I, I feel like you have tattooed on your Arrow, ribs. Arrows pitch. in the bag. <laughs> arrows in the bag. Um, but yeah, so not that I'm opposed to this from like <laughs> in in any way other than just like how does this fit into our rotation? Because I like that he's young, and I think that that makes some sense if we're doing this kind of thing. Um, and I think that getting rid of us, obviously, like the DeAndre Jordan situation is is maybe the most valuable part of this whole thing. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Well, there's a, there's another element that like so I again I like that he would go to the Bulls and like I wouldn't be fearful of Spencer Dinwiddie like the ghost of Spencer Dinwiddie coming back to haunt the Nets in a real playoff series. Um, I had another fun signing trade that I came up with, and I really don't know if this actually works. Danny Green is on an ex- is is going to be a free agent for Philly. Um, Philly definitely needs a point guard, no matter what happens with with Ben Simmons if they keep him or if they don't. They need a true ball handler who can actually get into the paint and make things happen. Um, can the Nets do a double sign and trade with Philly where the Nets get Danny Green on a cheaper deal than what Dinwiddie's going to get paid and they get like George Hill's expiring deal. George Hill's deal expires like the day free agency begins. So like I, you would decline the deal. Like I don't know how the sign and trade mechanics work, but basically in my head, Sixers get Dinwiddie, Nets get Danny Green, who I like for the Nets, because it also like puts a little pressure on Joe Harris. Like, let's Joe mm. needs a little pressure. Mm. I feel like it needs to be pushed a little bit. Um, and then you you save money because you can decline George Hill's deal <clears throat> because it's a ten million dollar deal that you could just decline. Um, but then again, like, do you trade with your rivals? Like. Or is Sean Marks so confident that if I have all three of my big three healthy, that like I don't really care? Do you know what I mean? Like, does he, does he an, really care? An interesting rival to trade with, just because I feel like they're in such an inflection point in Philly uh, with what they're going to do with Ben Simmons, who seems like very much to, going to be traded this season, um, this season. <laughs> maybe <laughs> um, to the Nets, <laughs> maybe to the Nets in, in a sign and trade, which was did but yeah, so I actually think that that's an is interest- that the sign and trade? Is that the <laughs> do you do you sign and trade Dinwiddie, send him with DeAndre Jordan and like like a couple of that like Shamit and Nick Claxton for Ben Simmons? Surely some and then Ben Simmons is your small ball in. five. Come on, who says no? What's the deal? Let's make the Ben Simmons to that's the Nets the, deal. That's basically Brian. it. That's the that's the structure. Dinwiddie, DeAndre Claxton, and Shamit for Ben Simmons, right? Claxton with a gun. That's my that's my piece that I'm holding off. Oh, okay. Claxton's <laughs> hold holding you up. But, but okay. I'm not, not holding me up. It's not a deal breaker. But that's my my loan negotiating piece. That's what I'm putting pressure on to get something and else. Then useful. Back. Then you put Joe Harris in the deal. You bring back Danny Green in a double sign and trade. Uh, you also sneak in like a future first from Philly as part of the deal, and then you sign JJ Redick. Farkin Corkmez. I just well, want. Well, well, I think he's. Un- I think he's untouchable. Fark. I think you, I just, there's I no like way Cork's going to get out. Farkin Corkmas. <laughs> so what's his last name? Corkmas is my singer, right? Corkmas. Yeah, Cork-mas. you're doing it right. Yeah. Um, it's so, like so it's basically like, it's like saying the f word. You get it. Uh, honestly, though, Ben Simmons, the team that Ben Simmons needs to go to is the Nets. I can see your brain. He, there your would be brain no- whirling here around the potential. I feel like you finally locked in on what you really want to do. You're you're excited, and then we it, you just say to Ben, Ben, you're never touching the ball on offense. Yeah. Besides dunks, like you're which not. Is all, which is what he gonna, wants to do. Put, this is what he wants. Yeah, well, he it's weird though. He wants to control the ball and then not have it when it's about to be time to shoot. Yeah. Like he just doesn't want to shoot. I don't he see what likes that's the such, ball in his hands. I don't see why that's such a bad thing. Like have him lead the break when the break fails. Great. Now you have Kyrie Irving <laughs> and Kevin Durant, James Harden to operate. Like perfect. I think we solved it. I think we figured out a way to get Ben Simmons on the nets without really giving up anything that yeah. truly matters. Great. Um, and, and here's the thing. And ben Simmons needs to get traded to it. Like 
the, the, everyone else saw what we saw in in the uh, in the playoffs here. And so like his value in terms of what you're getting back is not great right now. So getting back Spencer Dinwiddie and you know pick whatever it is is like I don't know what the market is for him. Broadly speaking, I, I'm surprised that there's not like Ben Simmons to the Knicks buzz. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing about Ben Simmons, I think people have talked about this. He's he's part of Clutch, LeBron James, Rich Paul sports agency. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if LeBron's technically we're allowed to acknowledge that he like owns it. I think he right. I mean, it's, he's not allowed to own the sports agency, but it's like his his agency. Um, and so the idea is that like if you're part of Clutch, you're not just then gonna if you're a high value player, you're not just gonna end up in Milwaukee. I don't know, Ben. Like, if if you're the Knicks, you know this. Everyone brings this up, but like, you you what do you give up? Well, R.J. Barrett and like, I don't know something, and then him and and Randall together would just be clashing into each other. That would be that would be disaster. Um, Well, we figured it out. Uh, Do you want to end the show? Let's. And I've got some more targets possibly, and I'll I'll sprinkle them out through throughout rate another show. But just to recap, the Nets are sign and trading Spencer Dinwiddie to the Sixers to bring back. Ben Simmons uh, in a crazy trade. Yeah. And um, the Nets are going to win the next four NBA championships. Percent, honestly, percent chance that we're the team that starts engaging for the Ben Simmons talk. I feel like it's, it's of, of teams that can do this, I feel like we're weirdly in a good position. I know it sounds crazy to talk about, but. Well, okay. Can I do a couple? Let's do a couple. This is the conspiracy theory part of this thing. Again, so Ben Simmons is part of Clutch. And Clutch would probably like to angle Ben Simmons and I mean, they'd probably love to have him on the Lakers or Clippers. Maybe not, I guess maybe not the Clippers, but like somewhere big. They would like Ben Simmons to continue to be like a really prominent star in the NBA. Um, The minute that like Chris Haynes would tweet out, sources say a dark horse team has emerged in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes and it's the Brooklyn Nets people would lose their minds. Like, remember how angry people got when Blake Griffin, when mm. it was rumored that he was going to be a net? Right. Um, it would be 10 times that. Right. Um, he would fit on this team amazingly well mm-hmm. because his his he his lack of shooting wouldn't mean anything because he would be screening, he'd be setting up in certain spots. Oh, you know what? He, we, we just talked about this. It's Bruce Brown with handles who's actually big enough to play the position. That's yes. Yeah. He's he, they they basically send Ben Simmons Bruce Brown tape and say, <laughs> "This is what you're going to do." Yeah. But you're going to be better than Bruce Brown because you're Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um the trade could happen, it could work. Now the question is, does Daryl Morey really want to send Ben Simmons to Brooklyn, right? Like like you're you're basically giving up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, like I'm gonna unless if you really think Ben Simmons is so bad that he would sabotage what the what the Nets are doing. Yeah. The other factor, and this is completely, I understand that this is such a uh, a myopic view, mm. such a small minded American mindset we're of just, foreign relations. We're just humans. We're just humans. Sean Marks is from New Zealand and Ben Simmons is from Australia. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's and, hilarious. And I Big understand completely that, that that is like, that is actually like saying, <laughs> uh, I am from America and someone's from Panama. Like the distance between the two countries mm-hmm. I'm sure is massive and there's no relation. But in my mind, New Zealand and Australia are 
our boys. They're brother boys. and sister. Yeah, those are boys. And and Sean Marks probably has known Ben Simmons or known about him for a long time, uh, like anyone. And like, <laughs> is there some uh, soothsaying? Is that the phrase? There, is there some sort of Marks Pacific, mm. South Pacific Islander magic yeah. that he could impart? Right, um, because here's what you want to do: that, is you want to get Sean Marks to pour that 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 kiwi poison in his ear, right, so that he requests the trade specifically, and then gives you more leverage. That's that's how you get the leverage. There's more direct flights out of JFK to Sydney than there are from whatever terrible airport is in Philadelphia. I actually don't know that. Um, what what's the airport in Philadelphia? I don't know. I, it's it's very prominent. I pass it every time. It's like really, it's on the way. It feels like it's on the way to everywhere when you're when you're down yeah. there. Um, anyway, so so that's the deal. That's what, that's what we figured Lock out. Lock it in. This is becoming a two parter. So there's going to be more emails and a whole lot more of what we actually think on the next episode, the next riveting episode of the Glue Guys. Mike, isn't that true? Do you agree with that? Yeah. You yeah. can find us on HBO Max. Yeah. Um, we are we are also streaming live on CNN. And uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. More soon. Bye.